Hey guys, if you live in Zimbabwe, you may have seen a number of stories in the press speaking about the influx of counterfeit or illicit alcohol that's flooding the market. This is obviously especially concerning as we approach the festive season. Maybe you've even seen forwards in the group chat with alcohol being sold at ridiculously cheap prices. The scariest thing about this recent trend is that consumers don't know what's in the drinks they're consuming. Some of these counterfeit alcohols contain harmful products such as ethanol and pure alcohol as well as coloring agents that could cause irreversible damage to the health of consumers. So because of this, Jameson Irish Whiskey has launched the hashtag #BuyOriginal campaign. To help you identify that your Jameson Irish Whiskey is original, they have added extra safety and security markers to protect you. Whenever you buy a bottle of Jameson Irish Whiskey, look out for a clear seal on the neck of the bottle with the Jameson text and a white sticker on the bottle reminding you to drink responsibly. For more information on how Jameson Irish Whiskey is protecting you from counterfeit alcohol and how you can identify if your whiskey is original, head on over to twobroketumbos.com forward slash Jameson or look out for the information on our social media pages. Jameson Irish Whiskey, by original. What's up, guys? This is a holiday fill, so you're not getting the full intro. And sadly, Dan is tucked away in some remote parts of the Western Cape in South Africa. He could be getting abused by a wild animal, could be getting kidnapped. He could even be suffering deliverance. We don't know. Uh, so send your thoughts and prayers out to him and wish him a speedy return and recovery from wherever it is he's camping. I wonder if he's bathing. Like he doesn't really bath in civilization, more so in the bush. Ugh. Anyway, um, I detract. Um, this week, we're going to have a throwback and a repost of our interview with Anelim Doda. If you guys recall, that episode dropped the same time we interviewed the people from behind the mamas and, of course, us just rambling on for hours upon end. I think that episode was close to five hours long. That's a lot. And for the average listener, probably a little daunting. So we felt that interview deserved to stand on its own because it's one of our op-ed interviews, one of the interviews we're most proud of, and one of the interviews that our patrons said they enjoyed the most. So this week, we're going to have a throwback to the Anel Doda episode. If you've listened to it already, please listen again. And if you haven't, here you go. And guys, even though we might be on break, don't forget to support the podcast. That's twobroketwimbos.com forward slash donate and follow us on social media. Twobroketwimbos, dang that guy, Phil Chard, because these bills are still due. And don't forget us during the holidays. In the spirit of giving, give us more money. And we'll catch you guys next week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Two Broke Trumbles. And once again, nothing but illustrious guests. Nothing but illustrious guests. We've got the king, the queen, sorry. Hey, you see, you know, I'm so excited. I'm almost flustered. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've, we've got the queen of, of, of daytime radio. Um, also on, of daytime TV, actually. Um, none other than Anelim Dota. Um, and for some reason, she's decided to, to give back to the youth. And she's like, you know, the, there's a charity case. These, these, these kids, uh, I really like their podcast. I like what they're doing. And I, I just, you know, I just want to inspire them, you know, give back to the youth. And let me just hop on there and just give them some, some words of inspiration. So thank you so much. You know, we really appreciate that. You're, you're too kind. You're too, too kind. Yeah. You know, I just found like a gap, you know, a free Friday. And I was like, mm. yeah, let me throw them a bone. You know? <laughs> the first thing I want to notice is like the background of your house looks really nice. And clearly radio pays a lot better in South Africa than it does in Zim. Yo. No, no. Can I tell you, um, radio, it's, 
<laughs> you either get paid really well or really badly. Like the the, the middle center is like is non-existent. Mm. But what radio yep. can do in South Africa is that it can put you in other places that also you know help um, help pay you a lot. Otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It's like long ago you used to hear like, "Oh, Jeremy Mansfield got profit share of ten million. You're like, "Oh, that's gonna be <laughs> And then like negative. <laughs> so, fair enough, funny fair enough, enough fair actually, Anneli, this is not the first time we've interacted. You probably won't remember um, about maybe two years ago because I work at a radio station here in Zimbabwe. It's ZFM Stereo. And we had a training session where part of our training included speaking to like established um, radio professionals in different places. And one of them was you. So we actually had a, like a nice back and forth about what do you do with this? And then, you know, you were giving us some tips yeah. and I was like, all right, okay, maybe she knows what she's doing. I, I fine. Okay. Yeah. Maybe she's good Wait, at her job. Your or station whatever. Manager, your station manager organized that. Hey. Yeah, it was a complicated. Our station manager hired a consultant who was a station manager of another radio station, and yeah, it was okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. I remember this. I remember this. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I've got a lot of questions about radio, but I mean, that's not what this conversation is about. So, um, but yeah, first of all, thank you for joining us and sitting with us. Um, we we have. Primary, I would say, uh, primarily Zimbabwean audience, but we have Zimbabweans all over the place and a lot of other Africans as well who are tuned into this. So, um, you know, it would be great for people who perhaps have never heard of you or who don't know about you. Um, like, how long have you been working in radio, for example, and then subsequently TV? Okay. Okay, can you give me two seconds? Somebody's at the gate. I just need to tell mm. my nanny to open the gate. Flo! Jeeves! Please open the gate! Jeeves, I think someone is. She's just Jeeves, like is someone at the gate. Jeeves, she's just like us. She shouts at her maid, just like us. <laughs> Jeffrey, oh Jeffrey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I need a partner. I need a partner in the I manor. believe delivering the Swarovski crystals. Yes, thank you. <laughs> no, that was yesterday. Today they're delivering the Bentley. Oh yes, of course. Oh, oh well, nice. excuse us. <laughs> <laughs> A conservative purchase, a conservative purchase. So, you know. um, I've been in radio since 2002. Sure. So I'd say that's 17 years, going on 18. Yeah, it will be 18 years in, in, in March next year. And um, and it's I've done it like, I, it wasn't, it's, I was actually half, not half complaining, but half like begging mm. for like a break. Because I've been on, I've never taken a break. Like most people, like they'll take a break and they'll go do something else and they'll go do like a TV show or go shoot a movie. For me, it has been religious 18 years, week in, week out, on air, without fail. So like radio is literally the cornerstone of who I am. Oh, wow, 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 wow. So like, let's let's take it back. How do you even get started in radio? You, I went to the University of Pretoria because mm-hmm. I didn't get accepted at VITS because my metric marks were like. <laughs> wow. So are you, say, are you saying tax it, it just takes anyone? Is that what you're saying? Wow. They will, they will not appreciate this. <laughs> no, it didn't go like that because I actually then did a year with UNISA, but at Midland mm-hmm. University because I matriculated too young mm-hmm. for my grade anyway. So I really did have a year to like figure it out. And then I just used that year to get my marks better. And I did that through UNISA. And then... Then I qualified mm-hmm. then to be at. Can you guys hear that noise in the background? 
yeah, but we'll, we'll fix it in post. Don't worry, we'll fix uh, it in post. No. Atmosphere. <laughs> I would tread carefully if I was. But but there's so much starting stuff. Uh, and Dan, you keep muting yourself, Dan. You My bad. I was saying. Again. I was saying. I've played netball, and I'm also taking it personally. The fact that you're slighting this game. Don't look at me funny. <laughs> Where did you play netball, Dan? Where did you play? I netball? played one game because there was a cute girl Where? playing. But that's not the point. Yeah. Someone was trying so to... You're pl- you're play- so you're the only guy on the court, is what you're saying? <laughs> so that's what you're saying right now. In front of our guest, you're embarrassed. Why would I be like embarrassed? This. I'm comfortable in my sexuality. So, so who won? Your, Which team won? Your skirts then? Did you wear like, <laughs> jo- like little boots underneath? Or- <laughs> this, is a, this is a very pertinent question. Exactly. How tight was this skirt? I think what we should do it? is move on to the fact that she was either going to be a lawyer <laughs> or a radio presenter. It's all about talking, really. I think it's just it's just no, all about no, no, using the mouth. Okay, I just want to know. So, who's, first and foremost, whose skirt were you wearing and whose team won? That's all I'm That's all we want to know. Then we'll move on. I was wearing shorts. They were booty shorts, and mm-hmm. my team won. <laughs> okay, thank you. You see, I was either going to be a lawyer, a radio presenter, or a netball player. Yeah. But clearly my ancestors were like, don't play netball, you might meet Dube. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I'm just, I'm, I'm imagining, you know, you know, like those corny, those corny sports movies where, where Anela's like the, Anela's like the, the number one hot shot in the country and she's going up against the big bad team and their star player is Dan in really bad makeup. <laughs> With no focus, just looking at the cute girl. <laughs> it's like Joanna, man. <laughs> oh my God, I know that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so so okay so Anneli so you 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 decided to pursue oh, radio um how did it start out for you what were you doing in the beginning I was doing graveyard 12 at night every day and still studying um but I loved it I I lived what a good 800 meters from from the varsity uh, so I'd, I mean, and varsity was it was very safe to walk at eleven at night, and when the show is done at three in the morning, I'd walk back to raise, I'd sleep, wake up, go to classes, mm-hmm. sleep, then be on radio again, and it was nice, you know. You, it's nice when you can get to make all your mistakes without anybody listening because there was literally no one listening, <laughs> and mm. but also it's a student radio station that yes, it catered to a bit of the Pretoria market, so people would would would, would graduate and work in Pretoria, but because they love the the radio station, there was a bit of a cult uh, tax in mm-hmm. even people who were working and they were doctors and lawyers within Pretoria, they were also listening. So we were really one of the most successful community radio stations around. There was a point when we had like 80,000 listeners as a, as a student varsity uh, radio station. So wow, we did that. Wow, wow. And the more, the more you got better and the more you got to know yourself, then you'd fill in for the breakfast show, the drive show, or the weekend breakfast and all of that. And then all of, cause we were hired as you, you, you get hired as four. So every every selection, you know, they hire four young DJs, train them, and then slot them into graveyard because obviously there's always people graduating as well. So I remember the breakfast job mm-hmm. was studying drama, and then he graduated, and then he left. So now the breakfast show is open. So there was continuous movement, which was lovely. And if you can't do your show, you just call me. I'd be like, hey, babe, please do my show. And there was like a camaraderie. I always say like, 
I didn't make friends friends in, in varsity, you know, because I was always at the radio station. So my friends from the radio station are now my friends now. Like, that's it. I didn't get to, like, go to the parties and interact. If we were having parties, it was just us as a radio station, you know, and we were quite insular and we we're very protective of each other. As we are now, like, I, I'm like my... My program manager used to be my co-host, you know. <laughs> so, like, if I walk mm. around in the industry now and I almost know everyone because we were all young and up and coming at the same time. Is, oh, okay. is, is, that, okay. is that a little awkward? No, not at all. But, you know, it, it, there is that moment when I do bit of, like, who's the Beyonce out here? <laughs> 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 who's, the, who's the one that break out and so, ran? But because there's so many radio stations with Breakfast and Drive, that a lot of us occupy all those slots. So we, we're all good. We're all good and we're all great. And the beauty is that we all respect the medium of radio because it's so easy to disrespect it because it's not as glamorous as TV. So you have to love radio to be good at it. You're not going to be good at radio if it's something you're doing as part and parcel of something else. You'll be okay. You'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be paired up with somebody. You'll co-host and you'll do an okay show. but you can't be great at radio if it's not your obsession because it's a, mm. it's a thankless mm. job. You know, you don't get that immediate, like I'm famous or I'm yeah. great or I'm rich from it. You, mm. you, you, it's like a, it's like a roller coaster. You have to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Phil, so, you so, wouldn't understand this obviously as someone who's not in radio, but I think Anil and I, we're really, we're really on the, on the same wavelength right here. We're, so the thing is, mm. um, so I, I was recently appointed programs manager and I'm, working with people that I used to work alongside with. And sometimes it's a little awkward. Oh yes. They, you have to crit your friends. It's like, especially, yeah. yeah, especially, no, especially where <clears throat> the people that I'm in charge of, if, if in charge is the right word, yeah. are more successful than I ever was on radio. You know what I mean? They've, they're the Beyonce's as you said. So it's but, like, uh, you know, I think the best radio bosses are people who didn't make it well in radio mm. because you they were observing. The, yeah. You already know all the blind mm. spots mm. because if, mm. I, if I execute and I hit every link the way I do on air and part, part and parcel of being good in radio is being arrogant about it. Like you need a little bit of ego and then a lot of preparation and hard work. Right now that little bit of ego is where you come in because you are like, I know you're good at that because I, I, I remember what, what made me not get it right. And I'm telling you now, watch out for it. When I listen to you, I think this, and I think that's where you're mm. going. My, my, my best boss, my best two bosses in radio were people who didn't, who weren't great at it, but they loved it. Right. But mm. they weren't great at it. And then they became program manager and station manager. And I feel like they, the narrative is really going down this not great yes. at it. I love where it's going. I love where it's going. Thank you, Anele. Like, because, no, you, you were feeling yourself. You, 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 you tried you tried it. And then she was like, nah, just based on what I'm seeing in front of me, like, I, I, don't, I don't see you as the guy who's going to hit those links, Dan. You know what I mean? I don't see you engaging an audience for four hours. But what I do see, what I do see is a good manager, but a terrible host. And I agree, Anele. You are very astute. I will have you astute. know. That I was really good. I just was a better manager. Boom. That's what I'm saying. Mm. No, sure. you, I, I get that. Even with, think about it. Even with like soccer players, like Ronaldo's never going to be a great soccer manager ever. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. not. It's not going to happen. Mm. 
But if you go back and look at all the great managers, your your Ferguson's, your, you'll find your that Lampards, yes, yeah. Yes, Patrick Lampard, yes. You'll find that <laughs> they were they were good. They were on the pitch, but they weren't superstars. But, but that's mm. all you need. Because the, because can I tell you something when I do is I remember those two managers that were on on behind the mic and then got off. Yeah. They were more empathetic to my mistakes than any other manager because they understood what I was trying to do when I messed mm. something up. They're like, no, I see where you were going with this because you've been in that situation. So then how are we gonna how are we gonna make sure that this doesn't happen again? And they also have an element of not telling you what not to do, but telling you do that more. You know, because yeah. as a creative, we're sensitive. So don't be like, no, yeah. don't do that. They'll be like, you know which link I liked? The one right before the news. Mm. Do that more. And now you go back and see, oh, what was I doing there? You're like, okay, that's what I'm going to do more. And that can only come from somebody who has been behind the mic. It can't come from someone who came mm. from sales and now they want to run run personalities. It doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. It would never work. So what she's saying is you're the Nicholas Bentner of radio. So that's what we're going to call you from now. It's going to be Dube Bentner. How are you? <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Anyway, <laughs> no, he's making obscure football references. <laughs> you, you know, I, <laughs> um, so, so Anile, I know you, you. I think your first, your first um, off-campus radio gig was Highfelt Stereo. Is that correct? Mm. Mm. Was that? Mm. Isn't that a very what? What radio I? station? It's very quite what. what. Mm. Was it was it difficult for you to fit in? Oh, not not at all. Hey, but you must know something. Hey, that's I don't speak words. I don't speak what I speak English. Me, me, I speak English. It wasn't difficult at all. I've been what's what's the word for it? Is it socialized, acclimatized? I've been around white and black people my entire life. Brainwashed, brainwashed is the word for it, Anile. Open your third eye. I drank the Kool Aid. <laughs> exactly. The movie Get Out was based on me. Get out. <laughs> no, I've, I, I've been around the white culture my entire life. Just just because it didn't dilute mm. me and the blackness in me, but I'm very aware of it. There's nothing you can tell me about white culture that I'm not aware of because I was I was in school with, like with white kids from when I was five. I was in white schools from when I was, you know, when I was. And I, I and my first radio station, Tax FM, was a rock station. And in high school, mm. I listened to rock. In high school, I had both black and white friends. I did sleepovers at Samantha McCann's house, and I did sleepovers at Tato's house. You know? Did she did she wash her legs? She washed them. She didn't moisturize. Oh yeah. Mm. See, then you guys have rock in common as well. It's like you know. <laughs> So I, 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 I do have a question. So Dan graduated past the university, and I, there's there's something I just wanted to ask. <laughs> mm. um, how much time of your university was spent at Zazu's and the Stones? Um, not not Stones. Uh, a lot of it was spent mm. at Drop Zone, Drop Bar, ah. mm. and then there was one place <laughs> called Cheeky Monkey. Buy one get one free from four until six. You go there, you, you liquor yourself up, and then, oh, then you A for away. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I, around 2005, 2006, I spent, uh, I spent like six months in Pretoria. And it was just interesting seeing how University of Pretoria students, they move different. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a different world over there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so me, the fact that you... The fact, yes. Sorry, carry on. 
I was saying the fact that you graduated is, is an achievement in, within itself. You know. Oh no, I didn't graduate. <laughs> I did graduate. Like, no, 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 don't. Don't, don't, uh, don't let people sell you lies, eh? Don't let people sell you lies. Uh, I'm a graduate. No. Because I, I got offered my job at you are a radio person. Go do radio. So then I just left. I, I went to go do radio. Uh, well, well, at least uh, the opportunity presented itself because, yeah. Okay. So... As you, you, now you understand why I asked the question. Although my dad <laughs> still feels like I owe him a degree. It's like every now and then he'd be like, when are you owe me? I'm like, whatever, dude. <laughs> did you, well, did you, I mean, at, at, at this stage, you could probably like, you know, maybe do like a, a few units every year. And then like in like six, seven years, yeah. you just be like, here you go, dad. Now get off my case. No, no, no. Live your life. Forget that. I tried that. Did, did you work with... Um, <laughs> Did you work with Simon Parkinson? I did. Mohobo. <laughs> that's our guy there. That's a that's our guy. Zim loved him. No, Yo. I actually still work with him a lot because he owns yeah. Ultimate Media and they sell radio solutions to radio stations. So um mm. and the endorsements and they do campaigns. So mm. I still interact with him and his team quite a lot. I'd say about three times a month do we interact. Mm. Oh, wow. do, do, nice. Do you remember Simon Parkinson Phil? Yes, I I do know Parky and Paws, Dan. Yes. I, I I grew up here. Yes, it, it, yes, I forgot the biggest radio show in the country. Yes, mm, yes. Mm, <laughs> iconic, no iconic, <laughs> literally. But they I always were, used to say to I don't know biggest. how he was so big in Zimbabwe. Most Simon has got a little bit of a list. Most nali nali list. Yeah, she's that's just shading us every week. That's also very true. Us. Yeah, there's there's so, and I always. <laughs> Asked him, I'm like, no, I'm not going to, not going to gossip about you. I'm going to ask you to your face. How are you so big with a little bit of a speech impediment there? And, know, he just says that you can overcome anything you can if you put your heart to it. <laughs> I, look, I mean, you know, we have a podcast here, and we have got Anela as a guest. I mean, you know, we are, we are, we are winning. I mean, um, next you guys are going to get Prince Harry. You guys are on the roll. Uh, <laughs> Godwin. I mean, Godwin, put it on the from, list. From your mouth, from your mouth to God's ears, from your mouth to God's ears. Um, so a, any notable experiences at Highfeld um, before we move on to the 5FM period of your life? Uh, you know, it was, I literally worked at Highfeld because I did nights there. I did seven to 10. And what I learned there is there is nothing that can substitute great support for a radio show and a radio personality. You, you you can be talented and you can be amazing at what you do. But if you don't have the support of a radio station from the corporate side of the business, where the CEO has a plan for you, you know, you're never going to be successful. And that's why I'm so now in my senior years of radio, I'm so hell bent on supporting the younger shows at work. Like I do breakfast. So I set the tone. And that's why I, I like I, I'm hard on myself in the tone that I set because I learned it when I was there because the breakfast jock back then was so supportive of me when you could see full well that this girl is like fire like this girl one day do what I do there was there was no like malice or trying to be funny about things or trying to deter my path mm. from the entire business and 
That's what I learned. And that's why when I did move over to SABC, which is a totally different culture, there it's like, watch your back. Everyone's out to get you. Also, because there, there are so many bosses that the buck doesn't stop with one person. Whereas the prime media, the buck stopped with Terry Falkman and she was CEO there for about 22 years. And I, I still like derive so much from her essence and how she ran things that everyone matters, but not everyone is a winner, you know? So <laughs> And, and, and that's how she was. So it was almost like a coat of protection for me when I went to the SABC because I just knew that you don't matter. There's nothing you can do to me. I'm going to do the show and I'm going to go home. Uh, you know, you say we're going to the 5 a.m. days. 5 a.m. days were definitely the best years of my life being in radio and like at that age and clubbing and DJing at parties and flying around the world for like the most extravagant of parties. But it was also very difficult to to exist under that public broadcaster regime where you can just get fired because somebody didn't like you, you know, mm. because that's how governments are. Like we, we lead with emotion and with like with with ego and, you know, and um, luckily because I was because I was undermined a lot at the SABC, I, I flew under the radar, you know. So they didn't see me coming. And then when, by the time they were like, that's the one we should have been oppressing. I was, my head was already up and then you couldn't do anything to me. So yeah, I think that those were the two fundamental differences between the two broadcasting houses. Well, so hearing the way you're describing it now, um, is it fair to say that you don't look back fondly at that time or? Oh no, those were my best (laughs) times. I loved, you know, here's the thing. It's like, so 5FM was a station inside the SABC, but because we were looked at as like the younger loud kid, no one really cared to pay attention to us. It was only after I mm-hmm. actually left 5FM to go back to Highfelt, then they started meddling in 5FM as, as, a, as a public broadcaster because they realized how much money 5FM was making. You know, and, and that's mm. when like the corruption started with the Saudi Mutsunings, where they wanted to control everything. Mm. And then they took like corporates and made them run the station, which then affected the sound. I think 5FM is still trying to recover from, from greedy fingers. Had they left that station to run the way it'd been running as a, as a youth radio station, it could still be more successful. But there's this culture of wanting to pluck a flower or a plant out of the grass because you want the flower instead of leaving it in the soil and letting it grow. And that's what they did with 5FM. They plucked it out of the soil and then it just stopped growing. It was a movement. Those were the heydays. Gareth Cliff on breakfast, Sasha Martiningo on brunch, myself and Grant on lunch, handing over to Fresh, Fresh hands over to Kula. It's a party. Komunati, like we are, we're rolling to towns and we shut towns down. Block streets, throw parties, like people loved us. People adored us. That's how my profile grew the most. And because I was at SABC, they've got TV stations and they, it was like a nice ecosystem of if you're on radio at SABC, you're going to get a show on TV, which is going to grow the profile so that everything exists here. And that's when things were being run mm. properly. I mean, in those days, yes, it was tough because they, they were very misogynistic, like, I was always looked at as like a sidekick just because I happened to be a woman doing a show with a guy 
Whereas, you know, even Grant was always like, these people don't know that you're the one here. And I was like, I don't mind that because whilst they're talking to you, because there'd be meetings around technical things or around content where I wouldn't get called, they'd call Grant and then Grant must tell me what's going on. I'm like, oh, but the show is called Grant and Anneli, Anneli and Grant, you know, why am I being undermined? And I remember taking it personally initially. I was like, oh, actually, these guys are just freeing up time so I can go do other things. And that's why. I did so many other things. I did TV, I did MC work, I did because I guess you guys are saying you don't need me until I put the mic on. So that's exactly what I want to do, you know? So it was nice. Yo, guys, it was nice. Yo, you know, thank God there were no camera phones back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was nice. <laughs> that's dope. And I, I love the attitude, yo. That's the attitude. That's It's a dope attitude. Like... <sighs> I, I also like I see I try my best to not repeat what the Bali's have been doing for decades. You know what I mean? But I see it happen to so many people. And I, mm-hmm. I remember there's one young lady, very promising, who I was it was just when I had first got my my um, responsibilities. And one of the first things I had to do was identify certain talent. And she was one of the ones yeah. that I found. And my whole thing was like, yo, like you got this. I promise in a couple of years you got this. You know, what I mean, like you're going to be the biggest name there is. But like all the little microaggressions and the little, like every little thing that would that get on her nerves and get at her, just made her completely like, yo, I, I can't do this. I'm done. And oh I, no, and and I can understand it. You know what I mean? But mm. you know, you, it, it's I, I always think like, what would have happened if you know she had just stuck with it? Anyway. Um, no, I because there's many there's many people who also fell by the wayside with us. We were like, dog, you know, she was fire. Why did she stop? Oh, no. She fell in love and moved to Texas with her husband to be a farmer. Okay. That's fine. You know, That's oh, okay. what happened to him? He was, he was great. Oh, no, he did drugs. And then he just stopped pitching up for shows. And, you know, then it just didn't work out. He became unreliable. They had to fire him, you know. There's, but that's the mm. point. That's life, mm. you know. We're not always that. Like, if she didn't have a thick skin, to stick out the minor transgressions, then she wasn't going to be ready for the world because the world is mean to people who they feel are, are, are by the virtue of what you do, we are allowed to spew abuse at you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think those minor transgressions within your business, if, the, if you can teach yourself to get above that, then no one can do anything to you outside. No one. You can say, oh, I hate you. Like, okay. So okay, uh, go ahead, Phil. I, I was just gonna say, um, I was, I was gonna say uh, it's something you touched on, and I, I wanted to bring it up now before I forget. You, like with all these people that go from in front of the mic to behind the mic, mm-hmm. um, and I remember, you, like with your old co-host Grant, I know now he's behind the mic at Prime Media. Um, you mentioned Simon Parkinson and so forth. Um, do you ever plan to do that, or do you feel that your your place is um, in front of the mic for as long as possible? Yeah, um, luckily, um, I, I have a lot of talent <laughs> and it just <laughs> like, yeah. Flex and, on us, queen. Ow. <laughs> and also because, um, my, my talent lies more in my preparation for my presentation, right? And because of that, I can exist on TV, I can exist on radio, I can write, I can, I can script, I can produce, I can do comedy, you know, I can do like one-on-one interviews. And um, I feel like I can be in front of the camera for the rest of my life with ease. Right. 
But I, I'm very good because I'm good at preparation. I'm good at the behind the scenes. But that's why it's easier for me to spot when something's going to go haywire because I'm good at producing as well. Mm. So I can see, here, we're going to run into problems. What's our time? Where are we going? No, no, no. Drop that. Bring that in. Let's do this. And for TV, I'm a producer as well. Like the buzz, my talk show, I produce it. I own that show with my partners. And as much as, yes, I'm in the chain, I'm running it, but I'm spending a good four hours before that just, you know, hashing over the next 30 minutes, how we're going to do it, how we're going to run it. And it is indicative of who I, what my career has been. I've never been boxed. You know, no one can say she is this. I've always been everything. And that's why, like, if there was someone trying to make sure that I don't make it, they couldn't know, they didn't know which hole to block when things are leaking because, because if I'm not, okay, then I'll be on TV. Okay. Then I'm doing game shows, but then I'm doing the voice. Then, you know, then I'm doing talk shows. Then I'm, then, then I'm doing a cooking show. You know, then I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's just, mm. so for me to limit myself has just never been something. And already I train radio DJs because the notion is you can only train them when you offer it because you can't honestly make someone else better who could be your competition. But I'm like, but that's how I become better. When I make you good, it, it forces me to be better. So please have all my tricks so I can go find more tricks, you know? I'll train you. I, I send, you know, I have content, like my mind works where I just always come up with radio content. But even sometimes I'm like, nah, this doesn't work for me. This is a more Zueli thing. And I'll email Zueli. I'm like, Zueli, here's the topic. I can't do it because it's too frivolous. But you're at night, you're talking to students, you're talking to young professionals. This topic works for you. Make it fly, you know? So I'm already mm-hmm. doing what I would be doing if I was going behind the scenes. But I can do both and I enjoy both, you know? And I've got a critical ear. Where if I'm driving and listening and I'll first call the station manager, be like, you know, this one is not doing this thing and it doesn't sound authentic. So you must have a chat with her. She's like, yeah, 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 you're right. You know, let me know if you want me to talk Mm -hmm. to her, but rather you do it. And then I'll slide in later with the steps forward from the problem I have identified. Because the truth of the matter is when I leave 947, I want people to be like, yes, those were the heydays. You know, it was nice to work with Aneli. Like, you know, she she was just there for us. The same way people were there for me when I was younger. And I just had to amp it up. So even like, you know, someone will come and be like, I'm trying to break into TV. I'm like, I'm going to send you to my TV mother. You impress the hell out of her. If she doesn't like you, you're never going to do TV. Then I'll call my TV mother. Hey, Kaleen, I'm going to send Alex to you, please. He's good looking, but, you know, he just needs to, he needs to be roughed up the way you roughed me up when I was 21 years old. So I already do that. I'm already behind the scenes and I'm comfortable doing all of it because I love it. It comes naturally to me. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So you made mention a lot about navigating the industry and navigating people who are trying to impede your progress. Do you think that's a result of the industry just being what it is? Or do you think it's because you're a black woman or both? It's, I think it's because we are humans <laughs> because I have friends in corporate and they're going through the same things. It's just that these aren't written mm. in newspapers, mm. you know? Mm. Um, mm. Fair enough. Yes. I get a certain level of undermining because you're a black woman, but it's since become a lot less because I just, I constantly prove myself. I've never thought, okay, great. Now they respect me. Now I can rest. When the day you decide you respect me, my job is to make sure that you respect me more, you know? And so I, 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 I've never felt now lately that I'm, I'm being undermined because I'm a black woman. Sometimes I feel I'm, I'm being undermined because I'm a woman and not necessarily a black woman. 
But even then, I really always pick what I'm insulted by. Just because you insult me doesn't mean I have to be insulted. So I'm always like, ah, you babes, those are your demons. Oh, shame. Now you are inadequate and now you want to use the same brush for all of us. You know, and another thing, and I, I think my team always say they appreciate this about me. If shit happens, I attack it now. Like, and but that's that's the cosine in me as well. Like, I'm here, you know. If something happens, mm. I take it now so that tomorrow we don't have this issue any longer. But also after I let us air it all out, then I'm like, okay, guys, let's move on. And you know, people who've worked with me say it was it was jarring for them in the beginning because they're like, yo, Annie just read me the right act. And then she bought us all breakfast. And I'm like, yes, because I was always going to buy us breakfast today. So my mind's not going to change because you did something wrong. And, 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 and I'd say that's my superpower is mm. hashing things out quickly and then making sure that we're all okay. We're all going to move on from this. I'm not holding a grudge. Please don't hold a grudge. And if you're still going to hold a grudge, it's fine. Let's just keep it professional. But I, I, I attack, there's no things that things don't fester with me because I can't pretend and then I don't sleep and then I'm upset and then I'm eating funny and I don't want, don't mess with my food, you know? So like, do I get undermined? Yes. But you best believe I'll tell you immediately. Go to yay. Don't start with me. It's not going to end well. And then we're done. Mm. So fair enough, fair enough. Be- yeah. before we get to uh, some of, some of the individual situations, I mean, you've got, you've obviously got a long list of, of like accomplishments and things that you've done. I mean, you've, you've written a book, you've hosted awards shows, you've started TV shows, you've, you know, reached the pinnacle of radio. Uh, what are some of your, like your personal favorite highlights? Like for me, this was an accomplishment or an achievement. And like, why was that a big achievement for you? Um, I would say my first big achievement is. It's, it's, it's still in motion. It's continuous. It, it doesn't stop. It's the fact that I have moved from being counted amongst female broadcasters and I'm just counted amongst broadcasters. And it, it was very important for me because I, I, it, that's why I steer away from doing things around Women's Day because that's when every company decides their budget must go to women. But then the other 11 months of the year, they're giving everything to men, you know? So I was, I was very clear about that. Like six years ago, I said to my manager, I'm doing no more Women's Day talks, no speeches, nothing. Unless that company can tell us that they've booked me throughout the year, then I can come back and do that. So it was very important for me to not be just, you know, best female DJ. You, you must call me best DJ. Don't say best female DJ because you know full well that I'm going toe to toe with the guys because there was, and when I got into radio 18 years ago, we were always told, Oh, people don't like to listen to women. They just find women to be like moany and whiny and all of that. So my success in radio, funny enough was to prove that women are as worthy as men, but don't box me and call me a female broadcaster, you know? So that's for me. I read and it just made, and I see now in, in the young girls that are up and coming, they're not doing that. I'm going to sit there and laugh at your joke, sidekick thing. That was, that worked so well in this. And it started around the 60s, 70s. And it was a very American style of radio. You know, it was like the, the smoky, rude, uh, uh, you know, abrasive guy with the blonde puppy with her boobs. And she's like, ha, ha, ha. you know, her job is just to laugh and be sexualized. And, and and as, you know, life happened, then you were allowed to say more and say more. So I felt like I'd be disrespecting every other woman that had come before me to make sure that I have that if I then I'm allowed to be boxed in as that. 
So that's one of my achievements. And then another one is with my, um, my talk show. I had a daily talk show on ACBC3, uh, Real Talk with Anele. It was the first time in South African broadcasting history where newspapers were writing articles on something that they'd heard on my show because I'd done my research so well and managed to get a story that people were dying to get out of said person on my chair that then, then the articles I was, I mean, for a good three years, at least twice a week, newspapers were basing their as heard on real talk on Anneli. And to me, that was very important because it means it meant as a team, we were doing something right. And also for the person coming into the chair, they felt seen because you know, they weren't going into a chair where you were asking them things that they've been asked in all these interviews. They felt like, I'd go, I mean, one of my favorite lines that I hear from people that I've interviewed and people across the world, Taraji P. Henson, Terrence Howard, uh, Blair Underwood, the, the biggest of names in the middle of the interview always get asked, how did you know that? Because I spent days researching you if you're going to sit in my chair because you and I have to get to a point that we've been friends for so long that you tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. And I'm going to assess that I'm your friend in the first five minutes. In the first five minutes, I'm going to tell you things about you in a funny way that you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. I can no longer give just the blanket mm-hmm. answers here. This girl has already brought me what my last answer was in my last interview. And she's, she's moving mm-hmm. me along. And for me, that's, and that's why I say to you, I, I love the preparation of doing what I do. Like I almost like rub my hands and I'm like, whoa, I found an interview they did 30 years ago for a campus radio in Texas. I'm a bring, and then, then all that information is in my head and it's all up to what you say to me. When I then find it in my head, I'm like, Oh, okay. You're saying this. Yes. But in 1972, you said this in an interview. Is that the same thing that's happening now? And then they're like, how did you know that? You know, that look, Mm. that look on their faces. I remember who was it? It was like a very big A-lister from Hollywood. Um, like the, 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 the Italian guys, either Al or Robert De Niro, one of them during the interview, he kept on saying, Oh, you, that girl, you, that girl that knows everything. And I'm like, you're damn right. I am. <laughs> and also cause I just consume so much pop culture that I could randomly like name any movie you've been in and give you a, a line from it and disarm you immediately. Mm-hmm. That's how I win the Oscars on the red carpet. When they don't want to talk to you, I just recite a line back to them from one of their movies. And then they turn and they look at you and then they walk to you. They're like, where are you from? I'm like, South Africa, mm-hmm. you know? And then mm-hmm. that's how I get them. That's how I get them by knowing them so well. Actually, uh, mm, see, Dan, that's a trick we should start using. We should just start using quotes. So like next time you see Robert Jr., just like, life is a game of inches. <laughs> that's what I said to Robert Gino. And I was like, it's an inch. It's an extra inch. Because, and the thing is, you know, you've got to fight like, for every inch. I tell you, gentlemen, yes. back here again. You fight for <laughs> you every inch. Yeah. You see, you Dan, you don't even know what movie that is. You miss it. If you take it too slow, you got to miss now it. That you've, <laughs> you now that you brought up the Oscars, that was a huge, like a lot of people online <laughs> were talking about you at the Oscars in 2018, 20. Wait, it's a yeah, notes. I did 2019 and 2020. Sorry, we have notes. 20, yes, 2019, 2020. Um, and <laughs> he doesn't research, you see. We don't research. And, and sorry. We <laughs> no, research. Ah, we've, got, we've got research. We've got research. <laughs> you said your name was Andile. Andile. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, like, obviously, a lot of people, I don't, know, I don't know what it was. I remember at that time, I remember watching the conversation when people were like, uh, because you were like very aggressively trying to get, you know, like these stars attention so they could do an interview. And I think people were embarrassed by that or they were, um, 
honestly, I, I can't think of anything past self-loathing because why do, do you feel like it's embarrassing or what were you thinking and what was your, what, where was your head at that time uh, when people were criticizing you for doing that? Oh no, yo, me, I was happy. Yo, look, me, I was happy. Hey, because also, you know, I was sent on a mission for my country and I killed it, you know? So all of that, I was just like, cause you must remember something about, I don't know if it's a South African thing or a general thing, but South Africans love, South Africans love to be uninformed, but they want to talk whilst they're uninformed. Oh, it's, a, it's a very big it's a general thing. For us, yeah. Right. <laughs> You know, I'm glad you said it, not us. I'm glad you said it, not us. Majority of those people hadn't watched the special yet. They hadn't watched it. They hadn't seen that I got Brad Pitt, Charlize Theron, Al Pacino, Antonia Banderas, Salma Hayek, Penelope Cruz, uh, James Mm. Corden. James Corden wasn't even doing any Mm. interviews. And remember, there was that scandal that he doesn't drive his mm. own car for the car karaoke thing. Yeah. So I know that's why he didn't want to do interviews because he thought everyone was going to ask him that. Because we've, we we have pushed our celebrities into such a corner that they don't want to do media, which is such a problem because this is how celebrities became A-listers across the world. They did interviews across the world, you know? And they stopped it because we're so rude. We, we're looking to trend and we're so abrasive and we look, we want to take them down because you can, you can access them. It's like, I'm take you down. And I'm just like, guys, we're killing the beauty of what this is, you know? And also I, I was also like, surely you guys think I'm a bigger deal than I am. If you think that, you know, Brad Pitt is going to walk and be like, where's Anele? Where's Anele? I don't want to talk to Anele. You know, I have to fight for Brad. I need to shout something at Brad that makes him think that's how the red carpet works, you know? And don't look at, yeah. I hate edited things and airbrushing. Don't look at the editing. Know that I went there wearing a green blazer like I'm the national team of broadcasting of my country. And Mnet spends close to half a million to send me to the Oscars, you know? I'm not going to let them sit in a boardroom and be like, yeah, that wasn't worth it this year. Let's cut it off. Because even if you don't send me, send the next person. Because if I mess it up, it means they're never going to send anyone else. So for me, I was like, wow, these ones Mm. haven't watched the special. Because if you notice, as soon as it was watched, that thing lasted four hours of one day. Then they watched, they were like, oh, shh. There was silence after that. But I knew I was fine because my bosses had watched it and my bosses had, they were like, anything you want from now on, girl, you tell us because you went there and you literally, and you must remember, I'd gone the year before and I did it as well. And I got like great interviews there as well. But everyone was always like, mm, she was lucky. She was lucky. Let's see what happens the next year. You know, there are media houses that come from around the world. I remember on this side of me was, Spain, no, Italy. Yes, Italy was on this side. The national broadcaster from Italy was on this side. And on this side was the national broadcaster from Spain. And they were quite like rude to me initially, but I get that because mm. we're all fighting it out. But then at the end, I would mm. call someone, the person would come to me, then I'd just see their microphones here because you can't go back home with nothing. You'll never get sent there again if you come home with nothing. So the first year I did it and I did, I, I mean, the first year I was so stressed afterwards, my, my, the left side of my face collapsed from the high adrenaline and then the crash that I oh, had wow. afterwards. Because also I was anxious, like, 
please don't f*** this up, please don't f*** this up, don't f*** it up, don't, come on, girl, you can do this, you know? Because also, I don't know what to expect, I've never done a red carpet at the Oscars. Only 800 journalists are invited from the entire globe. So I'm like in the top 800 people in the world right now, and I can't disappoint. So when that was happening, I was like, oh, shame, these people don't know, you know? They are they are oper- they are playing under eleven soccer and I'm playing for Barcelona, you know. Like, <laughs> they don't know, but it's fine because my job is to educate. Because like I say, afterwards that was quiet. Nobody said anything. And also, South Africans, if you you're gonna you're gonna be depressed if you stop and listen to what the public has to say, because you're never as good as they say you are, but also you're never as bad, you know. And if you stop to react to everything that's said about you, bring out, they're like, ooh, Anela Sack sent, and then they move on. Now when you're still here, hey, Anela Sack, you know, and they moved on to just the next person. <laughs> they don't care. So to me, I was just like, in hindsight, think yeah. about it, Danny. Even if I had failed, I failed at the Oscars. You know, it's like how people are like, yeah, you know, school's not important because Bill Gates and Steve Jobs are dropouts. Yes, guys, they dropped out of Harvard. <laughs> Where now you, you drop out of Supertella secondary and you think that you're going to be Bill Gates. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I, I feel yeah, personally yeah, attacked right now. If I you're going to fail, attacked. fail on a big stage, you know? But I knew I hadn't failed. I knew I'd done better than the other year. I was, you know, I was very happy. I was, when I got into the country, I was skipping. I was like, oh my word, I can't wait people to watch it. And ultimately that, that negativity that trended with the positive it helped people then tune into the show to see, ooh, let's go watch her fail. And then they watch it. They're like, okay, next. Who, who's the next person? Oh, what did Boiti do? Let's this Boiti. Let's this Pearl. Let's this Bonang. Let's just diss people. And it's so funny. In South Africa, they don't diss the men. It's us women that are always under this like constant attack on Twitter and social media. The men, they leave them. They literally leave them. And this is why I don't pay attention to it. Because like I said, I took myself out of the female what, what long ago. I was like, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to come. Hmm. But Phil and I get that. Phil and I have covered some events as well. Obviously not the Oscars. But, but you know, we, we've, we, we've, we've experienced the, the high pressure situation it is. You don't just, it's not, you're not just standing there and a celebrity comes up to you. Hell no. Why, why would they, no. you got to chase it. I remember, yeah, yeah. I, I remember I was, um, I was, I was actually sent from Zim to cover, uh, Castle Light Unlocks. And, and they had the, they had the room where all the, all the, like all the acts and whatever, after they finish their performances, they go in there for interviews. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm this dude from Zimbabwe, you know, I'm, 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 I'm muscling my way past like all these other people. Um, um, the, the one, the one interview that I, I remember, we were all being herded out of this interview room because an international act is coming in. And, uh, I, I had literally just started interviewing ricky rick and we like he i, t- I took it from his cue because he was like hell no we're not going anywhere what do you mean international act this dude is from zimbabwe yeah. we're doing this yeah. so these guys all these like stewards were trying to hustle us out and and i'm i mean i'm also like feeling a little a little uh little worried about the optics but i was like oh hell no i ain't going nowhere so, yeah anyway so as you were saying and these stewards are like no you have to go i was like no no no, no please you're interrupting our audio and and like if the final product is you just see the interview, but if people were to see like everything that happens around that, 
like it loses a lot of the glamour and the i think people just expect you you walk in with a, a shiny dress and high heels and you know and yeah yeah you know i even cuz i had another dress that i was supposed to wear very an expensive dress done by the same designer that the dozozi's dress when she won miss universe you know and mnet had said that mm. no bg's going to do your dress but i put this dress on and i was like to my pa and my makeup artist i was like i can't work in this i'm there to work you know this means this dress makes me feel like i'm nominated and i'm just going to walk the red carpet answer mm. questions and go sit down i'm like i'm on the carpet mm. for 5 hours they open that carpet at 1 o'clock and they close it when the ceremony starts so for 4 or 5 hours you on that carpet you can't go to the bathroom because you might miss angelina jolie you know you can't you can't go change because the dress so i was like this what, is a what beautiful you need is dress. diapers so yeah you need diapers and yeah you know what i'm saying you need like a bucket bro you need a bucket <laughs> And so, like you, you, there's, you, you give a little bit of glam, but yeah. <laughs> working, you know, you're working. Yeah, I remember fighting with yeah. Spain because they were like, um, if 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 a if a Spanish, if a Spanish or a, a, or Latino celebrity comes, please they're ours because they're from our countries. I was like, yeah, Nina, Jongapa Obrigado. I didn't come here me to like to. to, to make friends I mean I got sent to get interview and then uh, and, and then and then listen then Antonio Banderas comes but I'd I'd been lucky blessed 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 enough to have had dinner with him in South Africa two years before that he came to launch his his cologne we didn't have we didn't even sit at the same table we just he, he got introduced to me like hi I'm Anela I was there with my sister because she's also an actress hi 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 the, the sisters of the industry she's like oh he took a photo oh oh yo yo hey you know hey hey oh yes hola espanol as he's passing I'm like Antonio I still wear your perfume then he like looked at me and he walked to me I was like I met you in South Africa no 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 because now even his publicists are deciding is she worthy of an interview and as he stood by mm. me then hola espanol ah then they put their mice in. And I was like, what were you saying about the Hispanic celebrities all of a sudden? Why, why didn't you call Antonio? Because now Antonio <laughs> stands there and then he calls Benicio del Toro because they're greeting each other. And then Salma's there. You know, then now they all come around me. I'm like, hey, 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 arriba, arriba, arriba. Now it's nice. Now they're getting interviews. Now they forgot that they just spewed nonsense to me 20 minutes ago where I had to tell them, hey, Nina, I'm cab. <laughs> uh, yo, Anela's giving me PTSD. I, I miss the mamas, but what I don't miss is the red carpet. Ooh. And I had I had a similar situation, and this is when I was first starting. So, like, same situation. No one knows me. I'm just upstart from Zim. I'm there with me and my cameraman, and I'm standing right next to someone. I'm not going to mention her name, but she was on YFM, very big on YFM. Mm. And on the other side, there's someone who was very big on SABC One on a show that used to come on Fridays. So I'm not going to mention names, but you can figure it out. Mm. Same situation, exactly the same thing where I had built relationships with all these rappers. So the rappers were all coming to me and then they're like, but why does, why does Deleuze and Ricky, why, why do they want to talk to you? Who are you? <laughs> and you know, yeah. and you know, when I feel, the thing is, this is why it's so difficult for celebrities to do red carpet and, and do red carpet interviews because you also feel like you're a celebrity so now you're here and there's like a, a little bit of envy in you that like, why am I not getting interviewed? Why are people not screaming my name? And this is why Top Billing used to do a lot of red carpets. And I did the best red carpets because I never came with airs and graces. When I go into a red carpet, I know I'm no one. I know it doesn't matter if I'm mm. the... 
best person for my country. Here I'm no one and I must work from the ground up. And to me, isn't it almost part of like the nice part of it to have to like fight for it? Like, you know, to have to earn it because yeah, I remember yeah. every time, every time somebody would walk away and I'd, and I'd, and I'd ask them the right question and they loved me and they carried on speaking to me because they were like, you're so well informed when they'd walk off would high five each other as the team, like the camera guys high fiving, the sound guys high fiving because they're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. You're killing it. You're killing it. Let's mm. get the next one. And then they'd almost now start playing as my eyes and they'd walk me and be like, Tyler Perry's just entered. So I'm like, okay, Tyler, 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 Tyler. What am I saying to Tyler? Oh yes, I know. I saw him in South Africa for global citizen. I'm not going like that. And then I'm going to have him, you know? So it's almost like I'm constantly strategizing on the spot. How am I going to get you to notice me? You know, but it's, Mm. I love it. I love it. It's, it's the thrill. It's the chase, man. No, this is dope. You know, it, it's it's so refreshing to to hear someone who 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 does as many things as you do, but talk with such passion yeah. for 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 your job, which is which is it really is refreshing and inspiring. You see, Godwin, you see, this this is what you should be doing. So, Godwin is our producer. We've been training him because eventually we want to retire, and he's going to take over. So, we're trying to you know upskill him. So he's he's going he should be taking notes and learning a lot from you. So we we really appreciate that. He's probably Um, not. Hey, wow. You know what, Phil? I was actually thinking, like, I was looking at our list of of (laughs) potential talking points of the TV shows, the book, the, uh, the awards shows, the, all of that. And I was like, yo, we could, we could literally be sitting here talking for like three hours. Do you know? No. What we need to do is we need to save this because normally our, our interviews are like two hours. We, we we do the same thing you do. We started our podcast to have long form, nah. deep conversations. Mm. So we, we're gonna we're gonna save the rest of this for an, a future time where we're gonna sit down after the pandemic when you're all vaccinated. Um, your age group is now ready to be vaccinated. Have you registered? <laughs> have you registered for your vaccination? I'm so ready. <laughs> for those of you who are. Wondering what we are laughing at. Anele has just bared her, her upper arm in preparation for a jab. <laughs> um. <laughs> you must say that her, her, her sleeve rips off like a Michael Jackson uh, concert. Yeah. The, yeah. the Ivy Park, just, just, you know, just. So yeah, um, yeah. When we're all vaccinated, when things are safe, we're gonna sit down and have a proper long form interview because there's there's so much to discuss. Um, there's another thing that you even touched on it earlier. There's 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 a group. I'm not gonna mention names once again, but I remember interviewing them, and it was so difficult for me to interview them. I actually had to scrap the interview. All I'll say is they're twins. Somehow you managed to get an hour long interview from these people, and I was like, wow. Okay, that that was that was skillful. <laughs> is this lockdown? Just say. No, 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 no. Twin. This girl is uh, this girl is my man. Oh, this girl is oh, crazy. Yo, but you know what I mean? It's like milking a stone, huh? It's like milking a stone. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? Um I, I I'm not bragging. I'm really good at what I do with interviews. Like I can make you feel it is quickly, but it's almost a... Um, it's on top of research. It's almost like an anointment because I, I, I see it even if I'm in a shop, I'm, I, I'll hit it off with a teller. And by the time we've done packing groceries, I know that she hasn't seen her child in three months, you know? So I think people just naturally mm. like to open up to me, but I think also I wanted to be a teacher first in my life. 
And it's I think that talking. always goes just with talking. me because all teachers need to be able to connect with everyone <laughs> because then you can't leave. Yeah, yes, it's all talking. It's yeah. all talking. Mm. But with them, I'm also yeah. blessed that I knew them because we are all around the same family friends. So like my best friend's mm. family is very good friends with their family. And, you know, so so, so I, I, I see them a lot in social circles. And then they were close to Fistas. Fistas is married to my best friend's cousin. So we had brides with them. Mm. So by the time, I mean, those kids will tell you, their earliest gigs, I booked them for my birthday parties or I'd, I'd use them, I'd gift them to people. Like a friend of mine was having a, a 30th. I'm like, let me pay for Major League to come DJ at your party so we can make it pop. Mm. So I had the benefit of knowing that they are difficult to interview. So going in, mm. <laughs> going in, I I I kind of knew my life around them, and even if you know they're difficult to interview, they 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 are they they're just not great in front of camera people. That's why they they dress the same. There's mm. a gimmick to to keep you away from. So what they present must be good enough for you to have. Don't dig deep in there, and I I like it. It's like a Daft Punk thing. If I then I wouldn't even do interviews. I'd, I'd keep the mystery forever and then like do one interview every five years and then and then go back into our mm. little making music hall and then come out. I think there's just room for mm. everyone to do that. Even Anati's like that. And I remember interviewing Anati. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Anati produced for Beyonce. He produced Brown Skin Girl. And his mm. mom said to me, because she came with the interview because she manages him. And the mom said to me, I think Anati must have a crush on you because he's never like this in interviews. And I was like, no, it's because I made him comfortable from the beginning that I don't want you to be larger than life. That's not your personality. I'll do that. You know, mm. Nasty C is the same. Nasty C is not great. At that, that kid just wants to rap and go home. Yeah. But because of the nature of the beast, he has to do interviews. So I must always know. Like Kanyimbao, Kanye, I can sit back and ask <laughs> one question and go like this. Mm. And can you... <laughs> you know, and then I'll be like, yes, mm. but you know, mm. <laughs> but what about? Yeah, you know. So part of researching is knowing that mm. these people are gonna let you down if you don't come with extra ammo. That, that's true. That's true. I I, I was so impressed because mm. and it's because you, I speak with them outside of interviews. Like when they're talking about music, amazing conversation. Oh. The moment you turn the mic on, oh. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> why? <laughs> and then the moment you got, anyway. uh, like, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, ah, oh, it's hectic, it's hectic, it's hectic, it's hectic, it's hectic, it's So, 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 obviously, also being in radio, there's that side of things that I think I really appreciate about you. You've, you have, it's clear even when you do it that there's a passion for it and, and that's dope. And, and it's inspiring to me and to the people that I have to try and inspire as well. I always point them in your direction. So much appreciated for, for the work you do. Mm. However, definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah. before we get oh, out of here, here you know, the people want to know, Anneli, why do you mm. hate Kelly? Why, why, why do you hate Kelly? I don't hate Kelly at all. Why did you really? <laughs> this is what t- happens you so when you say one <laughs> thing someone says and then you run with it. Yeah, now we're like, ah, boo, yeah, come back. What are you laughing at, Philip? Okay. I'm laughing now. at you, Dad. We, we are so close. Is? We are so close. We were so close. We're almost home. Do you know what it is? And this is what I love. And and actually, this is what I love about people who are not scared to ask questions, right? Because now, mm-hmm. if you didn't ask me this question, Someone was going to ask you guys, 
when you when you launched mm. the podcast, why didn't you guys ask her about Kelly? And then now you look like a doofus because you are too busy respecting me or Mate, whatever the Phil. hell. So, you know what I'm you saying? You wouldn't understand. So it's a radio understand. thing. You don't get it, Phil. You don't. You wouldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. You were saying. I don't. I, I literally don't hate that lady at all. In fact, like, I I I I I, I don't have. I, I've never had her posters. But I understand that she is what she is in the industry. The conversation was, Seizwe, one of my very good friends, said, mm. Kelly's low-key the hottest one in Destiny's Child. And I was like, no, no, don't disrespect Beyonce like that. Like, I get that everybody has Beyonce fatigue. And Beyonce is so easy to hate on because if you diss somebody, that, that's what I was saying earlier, that we're almost conditioned that we're, we're going to diss you because you're famous and it means you're successful and you've got money. So I'm allowed to diss you and you must just take it. And that's what Beyonce has bared the brunt of her entire life. You know, Kaylee's always been like this. Yeah, we like Kaylee's this default. And I was like, guys, stop this thing of acting like Kaylee is even remotely close to Beyonce when it comes to talent and and execution of the talent. She's a great girl. I think she's wonderful. Funny enough, I've actually met Kaylee and hung out with her. So all these people that feel like I hate her and they're like her biggest fans, I'm just like, guys, like, but I'm not going to brag and be like, I sat with her. I was with her at Coachella. No, I'm not going to do things like Mm. that. But I was answering what she was saying. I was like, ah, ah, guys. Personally, I think Beyonce is beautiful without makeup. As soon as Beyonce puts on makeup, it goes a little bit drag queeny for me. And I've always said, I wish Beyonce would wear less makeup. Kelly, however, when she is when she's when she's got the makeup on, she kills Beyonce Tendo because, like, and like me, I'm hotter with makeup, guys. Like, there's it's there's nothing wrong with that. I accept it. I know it mm. because then I can contour. I can look like I've got high cheekbones. The double chin goes away. I get me a nose. <laughs> so that's what I was saying. I was like, ah, uh-uh. the way I see it, when Kelly's wearing makeup. Yeah, she hits Beyonce Tendo. But Beyonce is a natural mm. beauty. Wash all of it off. There are very few people I feel are more beautiful than Beyonce when Beyonce doesn't have any makeup on. That was my stance. Then people come, hey, 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 hey. we're going to tell the Americans. I'm like, do you have such low, have low self-esteem that you must get Americans to come swear at me? You can swear at me. It's fine. You know, then the Americans arrived. I'm like, ah, now I'm bored because now, now this thing is longer than it was. I said what I said and now I'm out. And also, I'm not going to ignore people that ask me questions. Even on Twitter, you know, if, if a Kelly thing comes up, I'm going to answer you. Uh, no, I don't mm. mind you guys talking about me and Kelly the whole time. It really it takes nothing out of my day. You're the one tweeting about me. So why must I have a problem with what you decide to post? There are no issues. I think Kelly's great. I think Kelly's great. But when it comes to the musicality of mm. things and like the presence of things, guys, let's be honest. She's not Beyonce. Because mm. if she was, it's like, it's like what's, what, what, what Mark Zuckerberg said. If you are the guy who started Facebook, you would have been Facebook. So what I'm saying is Kelly's wonderful, but she's not Beyonce. Because if she was Beyonce, she would have been Beyonce, you know? But it's so easy. It's mm. like, it's Michael Jackson. Everyone must act like, oh, no. Guys, Janet is amazing. But Janet is not as talented as Michael. You are allowed to love Janet and allowed to be her bigger fan. But you have, but when things present themselves like that, they've presented themselves like that. I can't help it. It's the way it is, mm. you know. But also, let's always remember that it's my opinion and yours is allowed. Now people want to crucify me for having an opinion. So then wait, let me get this straight. You upset with the fact that I have an opinion about Kelly, but you are fighting for your opinion about Kelly. So why is it that your opinion about Kelly matters more than my opinion about Kelly? Am I not allowed to have one because I'm famous? What, what hinders my right to speak about something 
and yours isn't hindered. Why are you allowed? So then people are like, yeah, but Kelly's prettier than you. But that's your right. And I agree with that. But once again, that's your opinion and you allowed it. I'm not going to argue, be like, no, I'm harder than this. No, it's your opinion. You're right. Kelly's a lot more harder than me by far. Thank you. Well done. But then let's go back to the fact that can then I be allowed my opinion? And it's mm. always like, it's, it's, to be fair, and this is what I believe, is that I've actually done nothing else wrong in the industry. And people have been waiting for me to do something wrong. And this is the only thing that they can hold on to. Because radio, mm. I kill it. TV. Mm. I was not supposed to be on TV. I was, I'm fat and I've got a gap. I'm not supposed to be on TV. I got on and I broke those molds and I killed it. Everything I do, production, I kill it. So now you have to find something wrong with me. I didn't, I've never dated anyone famous where I had a public breakup where you guys can, it's like Zintle. Every time Zintle does something, AKA, AKA, AKA. I'm like, guys, this girl, just say that you had nothing else to, to hate her on. Her music is power. She's good looking. She's fit. She's hardworking. She's an astute businesswoman. She's a wonderful mother. That the only thing you want to keep her down on is a past relationship. So this is why I'm like, let's move on. So you're telling me when she posts up a new Instagram post, you're not like, oh God, here we go. My mention's about to be a sham. Not even. Dude, not <laughs> even. Because I know my analytics are going to go mad. Like, <laughs> the numbers we send to sponsors. Like, look at us. Our page got 22 million impressions in one month. They're not asking, yeah, but how? Oh, it was Kelly. Oh, it was, you know, this. They're just like, shit. We need to keep her on for another year. <laughs> you know? I don't. I literally don't. Like, dude, trust me. Disney's Child, I grew up on Disney's Child. Like, no one knows more about Disney's Child than me. Like, I've seen Kelly live literally four times. In Sun City, she was here for an AIDS concert. And she came down with Corinne Bailey Ray. I got to interview Corinne Bailey Ray and Seal. I've seen her at Coachella because Beyonce brought her out. I've seen her at, 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 at in Montpellier where I watched Beyonce because Beyonce brought her out there. And I've seen her in, in Los Angeles for Beyonce's B-Day concert. Her and Michelle came out to perform with Beyonce and sing Happy Birthday. I suddenly feel very people poor. People running, 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 running. I hate Kelly. <laughs> Guys, you, you, you all you have was the CD, eh? Yeah, you know, Anela, you know, I, I I love you, but you see, when you're making your point, don't make us feel so poor when you're doing it. You know, just dropping all this. No, you know, but listen, all of those times where I went, I was lucky enough. Like when I went to LA, Samsung sent me mm. because Beyonce was a, a face of the D820, the Samsung. Mm. So Samsung sent us then. You know. Coachella, I was lucky enough to have been invited there. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, yes, yeah, some of them, I, I, I'm there because I'm a big Beyonce fan and I like to see her mm. in other countries. But also, my work has blessed me to be able to be in all these places. Mm. But even, even the, the Kelly people know that it's the only thing you can harp on me on. Because for years it was my gap and you realize that I'm not going to close it for you. Mm over it or you get under me you know mm. cheers or, or like oh my weight oh you're so fat you're so fat yes and then they realize that even that's not gonna hinder me so it's, it's like people are always just trying to find something mm. to keep you as low as they're feeling yeah you know but, but the truth of the matter is the truth of the matter is if you are trying to keep me down it means you must also stay there and hold me down mm. Because as soon as you let go, I'm, I'm cream, I rise to the top, right? So now you are there holding me down. But it means that your life is not progressing either now, is it? Because 
you help bent on, hold, on holding me down. Does it make sense? That's social media in a nutshell, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Does it make sense? I, I, you, I, I, the, exi- the pure existence of me, you know, it, it triggers such a low, dark place in you. But, but you know, you, you know what, you know what else it is, Anneli? So, I mean, I, I, I remember when I saw this controversy, I was also like, what? Did someone insult my beloved Kelly? And then, like, I saw your tweets. I was like, oh, she didn't really. But no. it's it's sometimes also it's it's fun, I guess, for people to to get in on the on the joke, and they just run. They don't really care about the facts. The fact is, no. they had a funny thing to say or something they thought was funny, and it just snowballs. So a lot of the times, I don't I don't think people are. Um, uh, obviously, there's you know, obviously there's some people who have whatever agenda they have. Mm. But then, but then, I think mm. in other situations. It's um, it's just people being caught mm. up in mob mentality on social media, and they mm. just mm. run with it. And it's so funny. And then it shocks mm. us as a country, you know, when we're going through what we're currently going through. You know, the violence and the looting and the sheer evil nature of it. It shocks us because we don't do those things, right? But actually, we do. We're on social media spewing hate, and you know, all the time, just. Because your your crime doesn't have a violent nature to it, like a physically violent nature to it, then you absolved of wrongdoing and you better. No, guys, we're all guilty. South Africa is an incredibly violent country. It's violent. And I remember saying on my radio show, I was like, we don't have road rage. We have rage. <clears throat> we have rage. And we're just looking mm. for someone to justify me acting out of normalcy, out of decency. There we go. We all have rage in this country and we just have different channels of executing it. And just because you're not hitting anyone or just because you're not strangling anyone or, you know, just because you're not punching anyone, you think that you're better because you're not physically violent. We are a violent country. And when you say mob mentality, our social media represents our state of mind as a country. We are a mob. We are a hurting mob waiting to take down the next person. And, 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 and I like the fact that we think we can hide behind it with like clothes and, 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 and being affluent. You know, I can have a phone. Therefore, you know, I can, I can just, I can be violent from my own house. I don't go out to be violent. We are all such a, we're a hurting nation, man. You're, you're, we, we are going through the most. There's definitely a lot of healing that needs to, to, to happen. Yeah, definitely. So uh, our producer has been uh, hitting us in the back channel. He said, we need to ask you about some, some of your opinions with regards to um, what's been happening in your country yeah, in the past yeah. week. You've been very vocal on social media. Um, we've been watching it. Um, and obviously we're very concerned with the welfare yeah. of, of, of what's happening because, you know, Ubuntu, you know, we are one people, yeah. but Ideally, for, for someone who's not familiar with the socioeconomic and the political situation in South Africa, um, what is your take on what's going on and where do you think things are going? Mm. Look, I haven't been vocal on social media because I feel mm. if you're tweeting about it, it means you're not in it, right? If the only thing you can offer mm. a situation this volatile is your opinion, then rather keep your opinion because... Even your opinion comes with prejudice. Even your opinion comes from a place of where you are. Um, this is why I, I have not said anything, but I have just said, you know, when it's time to, you guys call me when it's time to rebuild, because that's what I do. You know, I, 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 mm-hmm. I feel that 
South Africa's got such a huge divide between the haves and the have-nots. And, and this is why I don't, I, I don't like, like to like boast about it or speak about it, but I would rather make sure that I'm putting people through school who would have never been able to go to school. You know, that, 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 that's my fight. So if I can do that quietly in my own lane, if I can make sure that the family has got food for a month because I am able to do it because I, I have jobs and I get paid and I won't, I won't feel the brunt of giving, uh, you know, five families, a thousand rand to have groceries this month, you know? So I don't want to be in that space where no one is listening to each other because we're all so angry, you know, it's, 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 it's kicked off by entitlement of I'm not going to go to jail because I'm a former president, yet you are the reason we have so many problems in this country. You literally looted the, the state coffers for so long and you ruled with impunity and no one said anything. And when we finally got you out, you then refused to follow the very constitution that you were there to build, you know. And then, you know, you and your family are inciting violence because you don't want to go to jail. But the truth of the matter is, is that he has to go to jail if the Constitution has said it. Because if the Constitution allows him to not go to jail after they called it, our entire Constitution collapses. That means anyone in South Africa can do what they want because there's been a precedence of, but wait, there's that guy. So I can shoot you. I can rape you. I can kill you. I can steal from you. because you don't want to own up to your own mistakes, which is what subsequently happened because they were like, well, if he goes down, then the entire country must go down. What is that? What leadership is that where Mm. you are okay to say, I would rather see the country burn than not get my own way. That's all that's happened this week for me. That's Mm. all that stands with me is that you, and you have so many children who are going to have more children and they're going to live in this country. Yet you would, you and your family would rather see the country burn than have to do something because you were wrong. And then that enabled other social injustices to come into play. People are hungry. COVID, you know, I, I saw a cartoon where they're like, the COVID wave is this small. The poverty wave is that big. Yet for the past year, we've all been concentrating on this wave and not the poverty one. Why, why did we leave those people on the wayside? You know, why, why were we okay for our lives to continue knowing full well that there's people who are going hungry? That is the problem. And I hate the fact that politicians want to hijack that as their movement. Like people are looting because they want me to get out of jail. No, people are looting because they're hungry because you dried the state coffers up. You are the reason NAFSAs cannot send kids to varsity because you and your friends took the money. So don't come here and say people are rioting because they want you out of jail. People are rioting because you, over a period of time, kept them hungry. That's all I'm saying. I'm just like, I'm not going to be better than looters. Oh, is what they're doing wrong? Yes, but I'm not going to be better than them. I'm not going to be better than people who are protecting their homes. I'm not going to be better than anyone because I'm not better. I'm going to keep quiet, mm. but I'm going to say all of this was caused by the greed of one man who refuses to face the music when he's the one who composed the song. Mm. That's, that, well, that's a line right there. That's a bar. That's a bar right there. <laughs> Forget you, Ricky. Ricky, I'll okay, now. Okay. I'll okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, which is funny because the gate is calling and it calls me. Let me find out who's at the gate. Let's mm. find out. Let's find out. Jeffrey? Jeffrey? Hi, man. Hello, buddy. 
Yeah, we well, could know gypsum lane gypsum. Oh, okay, cool. Tell him that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, that's the guy that's making my coats. I'm, I had coats made, like trench coats. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Mink. Oh, Some light, some light. So I think we've had a, a long conversation, <laughs> but I agree that, that when we have a chance to actually sit down with her in person, someday post-COVID, it would be great to properly yeah, sit I and chat uh, I, I think that would be great. Mm. Agree. So I'll actually, yeah, before you, you mentioned Caesar, I wanted to ask, is the La Cosa Nostra group still firing? Oh, that party. No, no, no. I mean, I mean the, the WhatsApp group with you, Trevor, Caesar, <laughs> where... The Mafia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We still edit. Those are my people. No, no, we didn't still edit. Um, we talk every day. We love each other. We love each other. We challenge each other. We... <laughs> Laugh at each other. In fact, so I wanted to ask. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Carry on. No, no. I want to show you. I was going to say, like, when when Trevor's making that much money, you know, at that point, I I think it's allowed. Just say, yo, Trev, man, come on. You know, like, how about just breaking me off a little sum? Wow. You know, just like a house. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Just like, just a small little apartment in Manhattan, you know. It doesn't even have to be up there. Just, just, you know, just like midtown. It doesn't even have to be on the Upper West Side. Just midtown. <laughs> Look, you know, don't, don't. Yeah? Yes, Danny? No, I was going to say, Phil, don't get used to asking for things. Work for yourself and buy that apartment. Sorry, go ahead, Danny. <laughs> no, I hear what Phil is saying. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying, though. You know what I'm saying? I think like... I was very blessed with the people that he surrounded himself with, but we were, I think we we're very intentional about that when we were still young and up and coming. Um, it was just a certain mm. caliber of people we wanted around us, a certain character traits, you know, um, conversation mm. starters, um, critical thinkers, kind, hardworking. Mm. And, and, and that's why we've, we've stuck to each other because we feed in each other so much. So in the absence of a house in Manhattan, I think the advice that, you know, Trevor can give to, to a me or a police or a Kaya or a, a, a whoever about, about, about something, you know, is, is, is amazing. And I always get a step up from him, you know, even when I did the Oscars the first time and he knew how nervous I was and he was walking the carpet and he was like, I might miss you. So just make sure you shout for me so that I can know that you're there. Right. And, and, and I was like, cause I'm going to need that. Now I'm like, thanks. Cause I'm going to need that. Like maybe a booster or, or like or, a, a breather, you know? So in the absence of mm-hmm. money, I think we both give each other so much that you couldn't quantify it un- under money. Cause I, I can see and hear when Trevor's tired and he misses home. And then we make a point to fly over there and just hang out, you know, you know, and just, and then because I cook a lot and he likes my food and we'll cook and we'll speak shit and we'll sleep at five in the morning from speaking because it's just those, th- those things that he needs. So I think what we are to each other, it's, it's more tangible than money. It's, it's lifelong mm-hmm. and it's, 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 it's fulfilling. I won't lie to you. It's very fulfilling to have those friends because they also tell you when you when you when there's an error you know or they'll tell you when someone dating is not good for you and you and and the, the support that happens after big changes or big rejections or big failures is the way they just pick you up and dust you off and we do that for each other and you know when you get older you realize that 
there's there's no private jet trip that can ever um you know um equate to the fact that my son's got you know four great guys who at the drop of a hat are willing to to step in in whatever role that I need them to do you know so it's Mm, I mean, that's 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 a, that's a beautiful thing, especially like as a group of black uh, creative professionals to to rise up together and and to celebrate mm. each other's successes. I think that's something that's that's not done mm. enough and not celebrated enough, and and something that that, that mm. I, I found beautiful. So yeah, that's what's, mm. that's what's up, man. That's that's beautiful. Um, we've also been told we we have to discuss um your show. You see, we we actually spent an hour twenty minutes and we did not discuss the whole purpose of this interview, <laughs> which is to discuss your new show okay. on Honey TV. <laughs> 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 uh, yo, people were gonna be pissed. You know can I tell you? Can I, do you know what I believe? And <sighs> I, I, I try to conduct my interviews like this as well, especially if somebody's there to promote something. Your job is just to make me look great. I think after people listen here, mm-hmm. if if the last line is okay, catch Anele on Honey Channel one seven three six p.m. weekdays on the Buzz, people are gonna be like, I actually enjoyed this chat so much. So much mm. that actually I want to hear more mm. from her. So for me, promoting mm. in interviews, they, they jar me a bit because it's now I must constantly be promoting. And then we do this and then the buzz. And then I just feel like after such mm. a great, authentic, honest chat like we've had, a good f- mm. 60% of your audience is going to want to like go and listen to me again. And they know that mm. the only other place they can get me now is on the buzz. So they're going to go watch me on the buzz. There we the, go. the other yeah, the other yeah. 40% look i mean there's nothing we can say i mean i'll know. show a tear if they want me to i mean i mean <laughs> no yo you're, you're spoken for man please uh, i don't want no beef i don't want no beef you see what i'm saying no but, but def- definitely definitely and um when you guys want to do a spin-off like with with male male co-hosts i mean just you know you've got our emails you know I, you see we're we lively on camera come on mm-hmm. good rapport good chemistry you know, you know witty you know um mm. you know the back and forth is there you know what i'm saying this is this is yeah. it's 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 it's, it's, it's almost like grant I and anneli right now that's what this it's like it's just we're gonna kill it we were planning we were actually planning on doing it and then covid hit because we were literally gonna do south africa kenya nigeria we'll oh, do it okay, after the, no, the pandemic that needs to be done also because like mm. africa's it man we are it at this moment you mm. know yeah. they we can be global quickly because we've got so much flavor. Like literally we have flavor. And like, I look at, this is why I can't be angry at something like Twitter, regardless of sometimes you, the topic or not. South Africans are funny. Hey, yo, you, you are laughing. <laughs> you're falling and you're yeah. laughing because we just, black people are natural content creators. We got the juice. By the mm. time, by the time everyone's awake, mm. we've been funny, you know. We've been entertaining, we, and we we are consistently that. Just think of the things your moms used to say to you when she was dissing you, like your room is just. I <laughs> must think this is the first seasons gang when you know what I'm saying. Like there was just constant <laughs> content from our parents, our grandparents, our uncles. So it's Africa's time, guys. Like, and they wanted. Definitely, they, definitely. I mean, just looking at the fact that yeah. at the moment. We've, forget Trevor, forget Black Coffee. 
We've got Tosom Bedu who was on Underground Railroad and she's like in there, not Emmy nominations for the for the show and all of that. And she's she she was with Viola Davis last night because they've got another movie coming out. Then you've got Nomza Mombata who wasn't coming to America and now she's just been casting the movie with Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it is mm-hmm. because they yeah. see it, they want it. Where they found us the first time 300 years ago for slaves, they are back there again, but this time it's on our terms, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I really feel mm-hmm. when you guys say you're going to do a continental tour, of course you must. Of course you must, because it's time for yeah. us to send content there. We've been consuming this for a long. Now we're like, okay, actually, this is where it comes from. This is the well. This is the origin. This is the, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're very right, and there's so much interest. Like this week alone, I've had three meetings with Americans trying to find out. So, Phil, tell us about I'm a piano. What's going on there? What's that sound about, Phil? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, guys, Master KG, yeah. Prince KB, Msaki. Yo, guys, it's Shama Josie. It's yeah, guys, it's yeah, it's yeah. And you know what it is? Yeah, what we've never done as Africans is have an age limit to success. I mean, look at our leaders. They're 90, still ruling. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 and, and you know if, you, if we you, would know something about that yeah <laughs> a little mm. bit literally that guy died on the job you like really like you, you literally you woke up went to work and died <laughs> you know i actually have a perfect link and if you guys want more of that amazing african content tune into honey tv on the buzz every weekdays at 6 30 p.m you see you see you see you see six, see that six, you see that? PM. you see that 6 p.m <laughs> you see that you see that? Well, that was clean, Dan. That was clean. It was clean, that except was clean. it was just wrong, I, I wrong information. But still, still. I stuck that landing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, actually, the whole, just so our listeners know, you know, we, we really want, if you want to catch more of Anile and her, her, her bubbling energy, she is going to be on uh, season five, season five of uh, The Buzz, uh, 6 p.m. Yeah. Um, on Honey TV, yeah. And uh, she, she, she's, she's on it with the Zimbabwean. Thank you, so. guys. Just saying. Mm. That's one of her 17 TV shows. Davina Mahua. <laughs> I said it's one of your 17 TV shows. I mean, there's this the celebrity game night. There's the cooking show. Do you get tired? Like, when, when do you sleep? I'm, I'm, I'm so confused. When do you sleep? Guys, no one, no one sleeps more than me. <laughs> but also, no, can I tell you, I can sleep any like literally i can fall asleep here right now and have the best sleep of my life no no i sleep a lot also because i have to be up at 4 30 so you know i can push it sometimes but yo by 10 me i'm sleeping guys and on weekends like people are like oh what you doing in the weekend sleeping uh, <laughs> what do you think this is no no i no i sleep i rest a lot and i spend a lot of time with my son um but it's because I prioritize things, you know. There we go. Okay. Um, if 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 I'm gonna have like a bry, then people must bring their kids so that I can we can bry and have time with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I I just I I choose. I have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Literally, at times I'm like, you know, you could be doing more. You could be a mogul by now, in because this four hours that's just here. Yeah, mm-hmm. Do something with it. But I take that like four hours during the day between one recording, between one voiceover, between, and I sleep. Mm-hmm. 
I raced. Yeah. Well. All right, there we go. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Well, thank you so much. And I think this was a, a really great chat. Um, we've now gone 90 minutes, which is far longer than we expected. You've been very gracious, rejecting calls as many of your coats and chandeliers and Swarovski crystals and other fine, uh, fine items arrived. <laughs> <You're an idiot. laughs> I don't know. This is my, this is like, that is a nice yacht. Nice yacht. Once again, making making this us feel very poor. Very now. poor. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I, I I don't deserve to sleep at all, really. Um. <laughs> oh, please. The, I, I got this house as a rental because my ex-boyfriend kicked me out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, you, you, you know what? I feel, I feel like Anile is a very good contact to just, you know, just have, just in the peripherals, you know. Anile, if you ever need any, any links into Zimbabwe, we got you. You know what I'm saying? We got you. <laughs> Anything, okay. bam, whatever you need. Definitely. Well, we're coming to Zimbabwe because Davina said she's taking us to Zimbabwe. So we're definitely going to come and we'll hit you guys up. Where are you guys based? Bulawayo or Harare? Harare. Harare. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely see you guys. Mm. Yeah, dope. Ah, nice, nice, nice. nice. Sounds good. Sounds good. Dope. Thanks we'll for chatting with us. I'm sure Gordon is Gordon is okay, excited. Fight who? <laughs> no, he said excited. I said Gordon is very excited. Oh, he's very excited. Oh, look at him. He's fighting him. someone. I'm like, shoot, who are fighting? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for being so gracious, Anel. We really appreciate it. Um, obviously. Oh. Oh. Anel is just showing us a portrait of herself and her son. This this has not turned into MTV Cribs. Three hours later. Did you just was that was that three stories? What? Oh, shut your face! <laughs> Did you just go? <laughs> no. Why? What lies are you spewing here? Catching this lady just catching, she just got into an everything. elevator to go downstairs. She, liar! She, <laughs> <laughs> she's like Jeeves. Turn off the lights in the West Wing. <laughs> Thank you. We're now Godwin. You are the only God-fearing man in this group chat. <laughs> Thank you, Anneli. We'll catch up with you again. Yes, guys. Bye. Thank you so Bye-bye. much. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. If you live in Zimbabwe, you may have seen a number of stories in the press speaking about the influx of counterfeit or illicit alcohol that's flooding the market. This is obviously especially concerning as we approach the festive season. Maybe you've even seen forwards in the group chat with alcohol being sold at ridiculously cheap prices. The scariest thing about this recent trend is that consumers don't know what's in the drinks they're consuming. Some of these counterfeit alcohols contain harmful products such as ethanol and pure alcohol, as well as coloring agents that could cause irreversible damage to the health of consumers. So because of this, Jameson Irish Whiskey has launched the hashtag buy original campaign. To help you identify that your Jameson Irish Whiskey is original, they have added extra safety and security markers to protect you. Whenever you buy a bottle of Jameson Irish Whiskey, look out for a clear seal on the neck of the bottle with the Jameson text and a white sticker on the bottle reminding you to drink responsibly. For more information on how Jameson Irish Whiskey is protecting you from counterfeit alcohol, and how you can identify if your whiskey is original, head on over to twobroketumbos.com forward slash Jameson or look out for the information on our social media pages. Jameson Irish Whiskey by original. We bro, we bro, we bro, we bro.